Well, I certainly appreciate absolutely everybody who came out tonight. And I do mean every single last one of you. We're trying to get this whole thing going. I know, I know. I haven't fed you any red meat in a while. I haven't shown you, like, my back or anything. I haven't shown you, like, my, like, my man meat. All I've done is given you wonderful erotic creations. And that hasn't tempted you enough, but that's okay. Because I'm here to change that tonight. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, t I'm here to change the tempting, not the amount of man meat you're getting. Settle down. That'll happen when I want to do it. That'll happen when I feel like it. No, tonight's a voice night. Settle down, settle down. But everyone's ready for a show. I certainly am. Uh, I don't. <clears throat> I don't really have a lot of stories since the last show. You know that I'm back at work, and you know that I've been working. Uh, so you can see the results there, and uh, that's about it. I got a car. I did go ahead and bite the bullet. I got a car. It is an upgrade. It's very nice. It's very reliable. It will be good for driving around. I'm too shy to say what kind it is. Uh, but it's very fuel efficient and emissions efficient and all the rest. And, uh, you know, it's a nice little upgrade from the old Warhorse. So uh, I like it. I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Oh, so that's about all I've got. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I drove it uh, three times since I got it two weeks ago. That's it, literally. Because it tells you how many times you've driven it. <laughs> so I got a car and then I drove it three times because I work from home. So it's not really that big of a deal. But hey, I got it. Got over myself. Have I found a place to live? No. But here's what's happened and here's what's changed. I have healed up so much that recording at the witching hour is not crazy anymore. It just sucks. <laughs> but it's not like, it's not awful. It just sucks. <laughs> so I can do that. I can do that. That's not so bad. I can do sucks for a while, man. I did call center work for years. I could do sucks for a little while. So, yeah, uh, I'm actually feeling pretty okay, pretty good physically. Uh, I hit a, um, a personal, I hit a personal best of not eating out and I did it when I didn't have a car. So I'm getting all my groceries shipped to me, right? And I'm having everything, uh, sent in and then I'm cooking everything from scratch. And then I hadn't ordered in, in 10 days and that's not bad, right? 10 days. Not eating, not eating out at all. Everything homemade. Yeah, no, maybe. Uh, and so then the last thing is, is that my gut. I've been talking about my gut, and how this is probably too much for North America, right? But in North America, we have crescent rolls, which is basically just butter bread that you bake and then eat. And they come in little containers, little frozen or chilled containers. And the containers 
have a piece of paper that you pull on, and half the population is terrified of them, and half of the population loves them, because if you pull on them, they explode. They explode in the middle. Sounds like it's a like a like a nomenclature. Like, oh no, he's like he's making fun. No, people love or fear the explosion, and there's a huge pop. And in America, even our fatty bread that is way too many calories explodes. That's just how we fucking do it. So, uh, again, they come in a tube, like a Pringles tube. Because I've seen Pringles in every fucking supermarket American section I've ever been to in the world. Oh, it's the American section. Oh, what do they have here? Oh, they have Oreo cereal, Pringles, and 73 different varieties of barbecue sauce. Excellent. It does, it does remind me of home. Ah, the American section. So, like, so it's like, imagine like a small chilled tube and you pull a piece of paper... And then it explodes like a party favor, but it doesn't explode equally. You start pulling the paper at the edge, but it explodes in the middle. And then the middle, after the explosion of this canister, the shrapnel of oil bread in your hands now. Again, it's a treat for the whole family. They're really very delicious. The, the shrapnel, it shows a clear impact of explosion from the dead center of it. Right? Like, if you CSI that bitch, you can see, like, oh, yeah, oh, you can see where the PSI got too much right in the middle there. And then you can see, like, how it blossoms out from there, you know? You can see, <laughs> you can see where the shot goes in. Back to the left. Back to the left. That's a JFK reference for the three people who saw it from this crowd. So, what I'm trying to say is, it just... It's got a giant fucking middle. It's got a giant, doughy, oily, fatty middle all of a sudden. It was a slim canister. And then you twist it a little bit, like it gets in a little bit of trouble, and then it explodes, and then its middle is huge, and then the top and bottom are about the same. And that's kind of what happened with me over the last decade. That's kind of exactly what happened with me like, my back got wrenched, then I got into pain, and then I kept drinking more, and I kept not exercising, and then just, boom, just the middle of my goddamn stomach. So I've been, you know, getting more and more fit the last two years, since I've been able to, like, get up and move without pain. And things have been going pretty well, except in my midsection. Except in my midsection, where it looked like I've just always been carrying a fourth trimester baby, yes, fourth trimester because it was defying the laws of a like it was Gilgamesh in there if it was a normal human baby is what I was bringing to term it was a huge baby it was a fourth trimester baby all of a sudden jumping out from Mr. Tums and I haven't been able to lose it and just in these last like three weeks all of a sudden just the last three weeks just it's flattened out just a little all of a sudden, like, shirts and everything just slip on and off, all, all over. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm closer. I'm closer. And I need to, I need to get you ready for this, right? I need to, I need to prepare you. Because this is, this is how it works. Just, just letting you know. 
women either find me very attractive or not at all. I'm just letting you know now. Like, it's not like a Jason Momoa thing going on over here where there's lots of like, ooh, and lots of, nah. It's either like, hey, or, nah. And that's all I can think. Like, as we get closer to the, as we get closer to the, like, the body reveals and all that kind of thing, because it is, like, fucking happening and shit. Like, I caught myself, I know I was just talking about how good I was eating out, but I actually did just catch myself uh, in a McDonald's drive-thru uh, reflection, right? I caught, I, I went to the unfortunate, uh, there's three lanes, and I went to the lane that had a sun reflection in the window when you're ordering, and I got there, I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a new double ticket sandwich, I haven't had McDonald's in months, I'm going to get a double sandwich, and I'm going to get hash wins, and then I pulled up to the one that had, like, sunlight so you could see yourself, so I could see my fucking face in the reflection I was ordering, I was like, uh, I'll have a, I'll have a fruit parfait, and, uh, apple slices, and, uh, can I get extra napkins for my tears? Please, thank you so much. Uh, I caught myself looking like you're not expecting to see yourself. That's when you really see yourself. When the world is accidentally opening up your front camera, right? When you look into a, a, a window that you didn't expect to reflect your face and the world is your accidental front camera opening and you have to fucking just see yourself. Just see yourself. Ah, there it is. Right? And uh, that's what happened. At McDonald's, the best place for it to happen. And I was like, nah, what are you going to do? I see it. I see you. I see you right there. This is, this is what I got. They're going to like it or not. Screw it. So as I talk about, like, getting closer to that and working out and that sort of thing, just, like, keep in mind. <laughs> I am trying to entice you, but at the end of this, you may be like, that's it? This might be like one of those old, like, Looney Tunes, Tex Avery things where there's like a dance of the seven veils and there's a sexy, sexy lady and she's, you know, doing that for Bugs Bunny or whatever. And it turns around, it's just literally a horse, literally a horse with the whole time. It's like, oh, he wanted to fuck that horse. And, you know, like as a kid, you get it, you laugh. But as an adult, you're like, I mean, he, he was a rabbit. I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He wanted to fuck animals. I mean, he wanted to. He was constantly dressing up to have human beings fuck him, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> like that was that was one of his oft go tos. But he's too good for a horse. Like he was attracted to the horse, and the horse turns around. He's like, "Ugh!" And I'm just like, "Is Bugs Bunny racist?" Is Bugs Bunny? Was he racist the whole time? <laughs> Is that why he didn't want Daffy in his neighborhood? Because <laughs> you have to admit, he tried a little too hard to get Daffy out of his hood, right? And, like, I couldn't figure that out. And I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> Elmer Fudd, you got to give it to him. He'll kill anything. All right. I thought that was going to go a little bit funnier, but nobody liked it, so we're moving on. There was another two minutes of Looney Tunes observations. Scratching that out. 
Good to know for the fucking live show. Move on to the next thing. It's called Quick Quotes. Quick Quotes. Quick Quotes. I have a note here that says begin every single live show with cat names. It's the only time you people loved me. All right. Quick Quotes. If you put it in quotations, I will say it. If you put it in quotation marks, I will say it. And I'll try and be tapping forth between both rooms since you guys are jerks making me go to two rooms. Karina. There you go. Karina has shown us how to do it. Put it in between quotation marks, and I will say it. Good puppy. Delisha. Daddy thinks you're amazing. (laughs) How you doing, hot stuff? (laughs) I'm sexy and I know it. Kneel before Zod. Fuck that cunt for me. Harder. Come here. Wrap those legs around me and enjoy the ride. Not a chance. I'll decide when you're done, little girl. Do you really think you could get rid of me, little girl? Better be nice, little dragon, or I'll be forced to bite. Yes, ma'am. Pussy Willow. I know what you need. Draw me like one of your French girls. Yeet. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Mm. Remember when you used to hear squeaking of the chair all the time, and now just occasionally do, like when I adjust? It's awesome. The earth is a donut. Baby girl, baby girl, what am I going to do with you? Talk dirty to me. All the better to eat you with, my dear. If you're happy and you know it, spank her harder. Come on and give Daddy a kiss. You are a card and you need to be dealt with. I can't believe you talked Daddy into this. Okay, darling. Here goes.
you're not entitled to be comfortable yet. Faster. Stop pouting, little girl, or I'll give you something to pout about. All right, guys, keep pushing them in. I stop when they stop. Yes, mistress. How can I serve you? You're mine. You know what I want. Open that mouth. You are very welcome. Strip for me. Tell me what you need, and I will tell you what you are going to get. All I want to hear from you is thank you, Daddy, and make me believe it. Daddy's not done with you yet, little girl. All right, especially new girls, let's get the last request in. <laughs> If you've never requested anything in quotes before, I would love to say it as we close the segment out. Daddy loves to purr for all his babies. Obey. Howdy, darling. Do you have a gift for Daddy? That pussy is mine. Baby. I'll close that with a purr, guys. <clears throat> Stop thinking. Start kneeling. Okay, guys, if you've put one in before, this is where we drop off. Anybody who hasn't put one in before tonight... This is your time. Be brave. Let's close it on out. Thank you, Curiosity. Do you like it when I pull your hair? Oh, I appreciate you saying that very much. Anybody? Anybody? Any new girls want to close it out with? Any new girls at all? I love to finish with a new girl's request. I know, I know, it makes her night. Makes her less shy. Makes her much more willing to tip me, too. But there's other motivations as well. Come on, new girls, let me tempt you. <clears throat> Master will have to punish you, isn't he? Thank you very much, Kato. Finishing up the quick quotes. Shiru, so nice to meet you. Aren't you a cute little thing? Okay. Thank you, new girls. I appreciate you very, very much. <clears throat> one last one. Let's see how we do. Now, here's the thing. This isn't sexy, but this is real. I promise to be pretty real with you fuckers. And I am. So here we go. I made orange chicken. 
at home today because I like it. And I tried not to make it too spicy, and it wasn't. But it was just a little too spicy. Just a little. Just a little. So if this purr doesn't work, it's not because the engine is flooded. It's because Daddy just loves fucking Chinese food. And he shouldn't have it before, but sometimes he can't help himself. He's hungry. He's been awake since 5 a.m. Here we go. Okay, okay, thank you. Embarrassing every time. Embarrassing every single time. All right. Woo! Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. Okay. <clears throat> Better fucking tip me. All right, let's read the things that are actually on the screen now. <clears throat> Starting off with just a little bit of laughter. Your laughter. Take bread away from me, if you wish. Take air away, but do not take me from your laughter. Do not take away the rose, the lance flower that you pluck, the water that suddenly bursts forth in joy, the sudden wave of silver born in you. My struggle is harsh, and I come back with eyes tired at times from having seen the unchanging earth. But when your laughter enters, it rises to the sky seeking me, and it opens for me all the doors of life. My love in the darkest hour your laughter opens, and if suddenly you see my blood staining the stones of this street, laugh, because your laughter will be for my hands like a fresh sword. Next to the sea in the autumn, your laughter must raise its foamy cascade, and in the spring, love. I want your laughter like the flower I was waiting for, the blue flower, the rose of my echoing country. Laugh at the day, <clears throat> laugh at the night, at the day, at the moon, laugh at the twisted streets of the island, laugh at this clumsy boy who loves you. But when I open my eyes and close them, when my steps go, when my steps return, deny me bread, air, light, spring, but never your laughter, for I would die. I don't have an author for that piece. Wasn't that nice? <clears throat> to his coy mistress... 
We had but world enough, and time, this coyness lady, were no crime. We would sit down and think which way to walk and pass our long love's day. Though by the Indian Ganges side shouldst rubies find, I by the tide of Humber would complain. I would love you ten years before the flood, and you should, if you please, refuse till the conversion of the Jews. My vegetable love should grow vaster than empires and more slow, and a hundred years should go to the praise thine eyes on thy forehead gaze, two hundred to adore each breast, and thirty thousand to all the rest. An age at least to every part, at the last age should show your heart. For, lady, you deserve this state, nor would I love at lower rate. But at my back I always hear time's winged chariot hurrying near, and yonder all before us lie deserts of vast eternity. Thy beauty shall no more be found, nor in thy marble vault shall sound my echoing song, then worms shall try that long-preserved virginity, and your quaint honor turn to dust, and into ashes all my lust. And the grave's a fine and private place, but none, I think, do there embrace. Now, therefore, while the youthful hue sits on thy skin like morning dew, and while thy willing soul transpires at every pore with instant fires, now let us sport us while we may, and now, like amorous birds of prey, rather at once our time to vower than languish in his slow-chapped power. Let us roll all of our strength and all our sweetness up into one ball, and tear our pleasures with rough strife through the iron gates of life. Thus, though we cannot make our sun stand still, yet we well make him run. That is To His Coy Mistress by Andrew Marvell. Coming together, it is easier to work after our bodies, meet pen and paper, neither care nor profit, whether we write or not, but as your body moves under my hands, charged and waiting, we cut the leash. You create me against your thighs, hilly with images, moving through our word countries, my body writes into your flesh the poem you make of me. Touching you, I catch midnight as moonfires set in my throat. I love you flesh into blossom. I made you and take you made into me. Recreation, Recreation by Andrew Lord. All right, that is it for the poetry. I hope you enjoyed the poetry for this evening.
And now into the prose. <clears throat> Uh-oh, there was supposed to be one more poem, and I closed out of it. Somebody gave me Annabelle. Uh, if you, the person who gave me Annabelle, if you could DM me uh, that pastebin thing again, there's something else creepy coming up, and I'll, I'll pair that together. So if you can do that, I'll do this in the meantime. <clears throat> you are not at all like my rose, he said. As yet, you are nothing. No one has tamed you, and you have tamed no one. You are like my fox when I first knew him. He was only a fox like a hundred thousand other foxes, but I have made him my friend, and now he is unique in all the world. And the roses were very much embarrassed. You are beautiful, but you are empty, he went on. One could not die for you. To be sure, an ordinary passerby would think that my rose looked just like you, the rose that belongs to me. But in herself alone, she is more important than all the hundreds of you other roses, because it is she that I have watered, because it is she that I have put under the glass globe, because it is she that I have sheltered behind the screen, because it is for her that I killed the caterpillars, except the two or three that we saved to become butterflies. Because it is she that I have listened to when she grumbled or boasted, or even sometimes when she said nothing, because she is my rose. And we went back to meet the fox. Goodbye, he said. Goodbye, said the fox. And now here is my secret, a very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Well, that was something else. <laughs> very poetic. <clears throat> Please, master, can I touch your cheek? Please, master, can I kneel at your feet? Please, master, can I loosen your blue pants? Please, master, can I gaze at your golden-haired belly? Please, master, can I have your thighs bare to my eyes? Please, master, can I take off my clothes below your chair? Please, master, can I kiss your ankles and soul? Please, master, can I touch lips to your hard, muscle, hairless thigh? Please, master, can I lay my ear pressed to your stomach? Please, master, can I wrap my arms around your white ass? Please, master, can I lick your groin girdled with blonde soft fur? Please, master, 
can I touch my tongue to your rosy asshole? Please, master, may I pass my face to your balls? Please, master, order me down on the floor. Please, master, tell me to lick you thick, to lick your thick shaft. Please, master, put your rough hands on my bald, hairy skull. Please, master, press my mouth to your prick heart. Please, master, press my face into your belly. Pull me slowly, strong-thumbed, till your dumb hardness fills my throat to the base, till I swallow and taste your delicate flesh, hot prick barrel veined. Please, master, push my shoulders away and stare in my eyes and make me bend over the table. Please, master, grab my thighs and lift my ass to your waist. Please, master, your hands rough stroke on my neck and palm down to my backside. Please, master, push me, my feet on chairs, till my hole fills the breath of your spirit and your thumb stroke. Please, master, make me say, please, master, fuck me now, please. Please, master, grease my balls and hair mouth with sweet Vaselines. Please, master, stroke your shaft with white creams. Please, master, touch your cockhead to my wrinkled self whole. Please, master, push it in gently, your elbows enwrapped around my breast, your arms passing down to my belly, my penis you touch with your fingers. Please, master, shove it in me a little, a little, a little. Please, master, sink your door thing down my behind. And please, master, make me wriggle my rear to eat up the prick truck till my ass halfs cuddles your thighs, my back bent over, till I'm alone sticking out, your sword stuck throbbing in me. Please, master, pull out and slowly roll onto the bottom. Please, master, lunge it again and withdraw the tip. Please, please, master, fuck me again with yourself. Please fuck me. Please, master, drive down till it hurts me. The softness, the softness. Please, master, make love to my ass. Give body to center and fuck me for good like a girl. Tenderly clasp me. Please, master, I take me to thee and drive in my belly your selfsame sweet heat rod, your fingered in solitude Denver or Brooklyn or fucked in a maiden in Paris. Carlo, please, master, drive thy vehicle, body of love drops, sweet, sweat, fuck, body of tenderness. Give me your dog fuck faster. Please, master, make me go and moan on the table. 
go moan. Oh, please, master, do fuck me like that. Then your rhythm thrill plunge and pull back bounce and push down till I loosen my asshole, a dog on the table, yelping with terror, delight to be loved. And please, master, call me a dog, an ass, a beast, a wet asshole, and fuck me more violent. My eyes hid with your palms round my skull and plunged down in a brutal hard lash through soft drip fish and throb through five seconds to splurt out your semen heat over and over, slamming it in while I cry out your name. I do love you. Please, Master. Alan Ginberg. Gotta be a little bit weird going from that to poetry. <laughs> Boy, that one would have... That one would have uh, that one would have paired better with something else that's about to pop up. Oh well, it's an amateur show. I'm glad you guys liked it. How's Twitch chat doing? Twitch chat give a shit? No. Nope. <laughs> nah, they just gonna hang in there. Okay. <clears throat> It was many and many a year ago in the kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago, in the kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sculpture in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love... It was far stronger than love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul, dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabel Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing my dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes 
of my beautiful Annabel Lee. And so, all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, and her sultry there by the sea, and her tome by the sounding sea. Annabel Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. He's going to make a joke and call him the name of the gesture from the second book in A Song of Ice and Fire that's on Stannis's Island. There's a jester who's always, like, making fish songs. Does anybody who know who I'm talking about? Anybody read the books? Anybody read book two? Stannis has a daughter. I mean, she's in the show, too. Has a daughter, and the daughter in the books has a jester, and the jester, all of his songs are, like, they're all sea-related. And it drove me fucking nuts because I kept reading all of his songs going like, well, there's going to be a reason, right? But no. Patchface! Thank you. Patchface the gesture. That's who I was going to say wrote Annabelle instead of Edgar Allan Poe. Thank you. It wasn't a funny joke, but you helped me get there. All right. <clears throat> Into the next story. Here we go. <clears throat> My last landlady was nothing like you. Nothing at all alike. Her rooms were damp. The breakfasts were unpleasant. Oily eggs. Leathery sausage. A baked orange sludge of beans. Her face could have curdled beans. She was not kind. You strike me as a kind person. I know your world is kind, by which I mean... I've heard we see the world not as it is, but as we are. A saint sees a world full of saints. A killer sees only murderers and victims. I see the dead. My landlady told me she would not willingly walk upon the beach, for it was littered with weapons. Huge hand-fitting rocks, each ripe for striking. She only had a little money in her purse. She said, but she would take the notes oily from her fingers and leave the purse underneath the stone. Oh, and the water. She would say, hold anyone under. Chill salt water, gray and brown and heavy as sin. All ready to drag you away. Children went like that so easily in the sea when they were surplus to requirements or had learned awkward facts they might be inclined to pass on to those who would listen. There were people on the West Pier the night it burned, she said. The curtains were a dusty lace and blocked each town's grimed view, sea view. That was a laugh. The morning she saw me twitch her curtains to see if it was properly raining, she wrapped my knuckles. Mr. Maroney, this, in this house, we do not look at through the sea, at the sea through the windows. It brings bad luck, she said. People come to the beach to forget their problems. It's what they do. It's what the English do. You chop your girlfriend up because she's pregnant, and you worried about the wife would say if she found out. 
or you poison the banker you're sleeping with for the insurance. Marry a dozen men in a dozen little seaside towns. Margate, Torque, Lord love them, but why must they stand so still? When I asked her who, who stood so still, she told me, none of my beeswax, and to be sure, to be out of the house between midday and four, and the child was coming, and I would be underfoot and in the way. I've been at that Airbnb for three weeks now, looking for permanent digs, paid in cash. The other guests were loveless folk on holiday and did not care if this was hove or hell. We'd eat our slippery eggs together. I'd watch them promenade if the day was fine or huddle under awnings if it rained. My landlady cared only that we were out of the house until tea time. A retired dentist down from Edsbeston for a week of loneliness and drizzle by the sea would nod at me over breakfast or if we passed on the seafront. The bathroom was down the hall. I was up in the night. I saw him in his dressing gown. I saw him knock upon her door. I saw it open. He went in. There's nothing more to tell. My landlady was there at breakfast, bright and cheery. She said the dentist had left early. She said the dentist had left early owing to a death in the family. She told the truth. That night, the rain rattled the windows. A week passed, and it was time. I told my landlady I'd found a place and would be moving on and paid the rent. That night, she gave me a glass of whiskey, and then another, and said I had always been her favorite, and that she was a woman of needs, a flower ripe for plucking. And she smiled, and it was the whiskey that made me nod and think, that there was perhaps a witless sour of face and form, and so I knocked upon her door that night. She opened it. I remember the whiteness of her skin, the whiteness of her gown. I cannot forget. Mr. Maroney, she whispered. I reached for her, and that was forever that. The channel was cold, and slilt wet, and she filled my pockets with rocks to keep me under. So when they find me, if they find me, I could be anyone. Crab-eaten flesh and sea-washed bones and all. I think I shall like it here in my new digs, here on the seashore. And you've made me welcome. You've all made me feel so welcome. How many of us are there here? I see us, but I cannot count. We clutter on the beach and we stare at the light in the uppermost room of her house. We see the curtains twitch. We see a white face glaring through the grime. She looks afraid, as if one loveless day we might start up the pebbles towards her to rebuke her for her lack of hospitality, to tear her from her bad breakfasts and sour holidays, and our fates. We stand so still. Why must we stand so still? 
my last landlady. <laughs> England does sound terrifying, but that is what the breakfasts are like. Just for the record, English breakfasts are awesome. Full English breakfasts are very good. I just want to do that joke. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. It's because I love you girls that this one is happening. It's because I have affection for you. It's the only way and the only reason why this is happening. Here we fucking go. <clears throat> the name of this piece is called Unlimited Talk and Text. And the summary is Craigslist causing more problems than it solves since 1996. This week sucked. There wasn't anything in particular that sucked. No major crises or earth-shattering events. It was just a slow slog through a lot of overdue work that other people had swept under the rug, but nobody would have found at all they hadn't made the new hires who started realizing how much shit was wrong. Phil kind of wished they hadn't. The week was a string of long, mind-numbing days, but now it's Friday. It's actually only 7 p.m., but Phil is already mostly drunk, a happy, peaceful kind of drunk that has him sprawled out over the uncomfortable futon that dominates the half-decorated living room of his new apartment. While he is considering the merits of turning on the TV and watching something brainless, his text message alert dings. Phil looks at his phone suspiciously. He's been getting random texts all week. Appropriately enough, they concern his ugly futon. He already said, fuck it, and took down the ill-advised ad he put up looking for a new couch. But people are still texting him here and there. Whatever. He's in too good of a mood right now this second to be particularly upset. Phil opens his message. Unsurprisingly, the new one is from an unfamiliar number. Hey was wondering if you're still up for that thing. Kind of a weird way to put it, but okay. He can deal with one more couch query. Sure. Still looking. I've got a pick if you want. Go ahead. It's a moment before the next message arrives, but the picture that comes through is not of a couch. In a point of fact, it's a picture of somebody's dick. Phil is stunned for a second, unsure what exactly to say. He's gotten unsolicited dick pics before. He does have an internet connection. But getting them texted to him by a complete stranger is another matter. That's not what I was expecting. Fuck. Sorry. Phil is only more confused. Who apologizes for digitally flashing people? It's fine. And he should really let it go. Just block the number and move on with his life. Except that he's tipsy and relaxed. and It's been a while, and unlike a lot of unsolicited dick pictures, 
that looks tempting. Cut, thick, and, while a stranger's hand is not exactly the most reliable unit of measurement, long enough. He can't believe what he's typing, but fuck it. It's sin before he can chicken out. Pretty nice, actually. Phil finds himself holding his breath while he waits for his next message, unsure whether he's the creeper or the creeped at this point. I was hoping you'd think so, winky face. He sighs in relief, though he's not sure when this became a situation where he cared about the other person's opinion. So, what are you into? Mystery novels. Card collection. Ha <laughs> ha. Top or bottom? Phil hesitates. He tries to be considerate, generally speaking, because he's actually very versatile. But fuck it. He does have a favorite, and if someone's randomly going to send him a dick pic, then he can take what they get. Top. I was really, really hoping he'd say that, because I need to be fucked so bad. Phil's eyebrows go up. I definitely like that idea. What else are you into? For real this time. Phil really isn't sure how to answer that question until the next message comes. Kinky stuff? He doesn't know what it says about this guy that he thinks it's a yes or no question. Depends on what you know by kinky. You know, kinky stuff. Hair pulling. Spanking, dirty talk, that kind of stuff. Phil's mouth goes dry. Definitely. He frowns. Aren't we talking dirty right now? Not yet. I just didn't want to bust out with something and freak you out. I'm hard to freak out. That is maybe a huge understatement, but Phil decides they can just cross that bridge when they get there. So... If I wanted you to spank my ass till it was red and then fuck me? I don't know why anybody would freak out over that. Sounds like a great night. Phil pauses. Or part of one. Just part? If we had all night, seems like a shame to stop there. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Tell me where you'd start. Okay, now they were definitely talking dirty. This is the dirty talking portion of the program, and Phil doesn't have a problem with it at all. Well, first, I want you naked. Then, I make your lay across my lap. Not to brag, but I have a great ass. Phil snorts. That's good to hear, because I want to run my hands all over it. The next reply comes in quick. And then spank me? We have a thing here. Don't try and rush me. You'll only make me want to do it slower. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Phil is intrigued. That's intriguing. It's also a personal favorite. Slow teasing. Especially when it leads to begging. He could definitely stand to be begged. First... I'd slick up my fingers. I like where this is going. Then I'd slowly work you open, make sure you are ready for me. I'm so ready. 
Phil considers his next move. It's not that he's gotten to this part where it gets hard to come up with material. He's just not sure how this is going to go over. Then I'd slide a plug inside you and make sure you were all filled up. That sounds amazing. It will be. He could kick himself for that. That sense that changes this whole thing makes it from a maybe into a promise. Right now, he can deal with that, but he has no way of knowing how the other guy is going to take it. I'm sure it will. Phil does the relief sigh thing again, still weird. So, what now? I'm all laid out for you. Whatever you want. He's let himself sink a little deeper into his mattress, getting comfortable. He switches his phone to his left hand. He's still not great at typing one-handed, but it's a necessity at this point. He reaches down with his free hand, stroking himself through his pants, and he considers his next move. Well, you said you wanted to get spanked, didn't you? Yes, sir. That's new, and Phil likes it. Maybe, if you ask me nicely. Please, please, sir, spank me. Please? You're easy, aren't you? Phil doesn't realize until after he sent it that it's kind of an accusatory thing to say. As far as he's concerned, in this particular situation, it's a very good. If that's what it takes... He doesn't know what that means, but all right, it'll do. He hesitates, trying to think of a way to gauge the situation. How hard can you take it? Hard as you can give it to me. That may not actually be true, because Phil has been known to wear people out. Here is the thing they have going on. It's perfectly fine to imagine just opening up on him, smacking him, until Phil is completely satisfied. Phil has no idea if he could actually take that. But if this goes past a hypothetical, he is more than happy to find out. Then that's how you're going to get it. I'm going to spank you until your ass is red and hot. Please do. I want it so bad. And every time I hit you, you'll feel the plug in you. Phil rests his phone on his chest, hurriedly opening his fly before he starts typing again. There's only so much he can take. But you're not going to come. Not until I say you can. That's just mean. It's completely mean, but that's what makes it fun. If you come, I'm not going to fuck you. You're cold. I'll be good. And take it. That message comes in fast, fast enough that it gives Phil a rush. Phil hasn't had someone at his mercy in a long time, long enough that he's had time to crave it. I'm sure you will. You'll take everything I give you. Can I please have your cock? I want it so bad, sir. Not until I'm finished with you. This is an entirely empty threat at this point. Phil already has his cock in his hand. He's trying to go slowly, but it's not really working. Probably time to stop 
fucking around. But where I am, I'll make you bend over the bed for me. I can't wait for you. I need to get fucked so bad. I'll just be waiting here, begging for you to do it. Phil can see it in his head. He doesn't actually have an idea of what the guy looks like, other than his cock. But it doesn't take much imagination to picture a nice, tight ass to push into. It's not all that complicated, really. He's almost too distracted, too busy thrusting up into his fist to type. But he can't let the guy hang. It's not any good if there's nobody on the other side. What's the good of a fantasy about controlling someone without someone to control? You won't have to wait long, because after I take out your plug, I'm going to hold you open and go for it. Just shove my cock inside you, all the way inside, until I'm so deep inside you that you can't sit. That you can't shit. Maybe he's rambling, doubtful the other guy cares. Fuck yes, God. Fuck yes, I want you to fuck me so hard, I'm going to. Phil didn't mean to say that. Yeah. Fuck it. This stopped being theoretical ten minutes ago. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fuck you until you can't remember your own name. Only how good it feels with me inside you. Christ, I want it so bad. I need you to fuck me so much. I'm so close. Phil moves his hand faster, trying to keep up. It's fucking hard to multitask like this. The thrill of saying all this is almost as good as the feel of actual stimulation. It's going to be much easier to do this when he doesn't have to type about it. Is that what you want? You want to come? Yes, please. I want it so much. Please, let me. This is the part that really gets him, the part that turns him on like fucking crazy. Now he's just got the guy dangling, waiting for permission, holding back only because Phil is forcing him to. Are you going to come with my cock all the way up your ass? I want to feel it when you come for me. Please, anything you want, just come for me. Phil waits a long moment, savoring it. Come for me. There's a long pause, and Phil pictures it, the guy coming on himself alone in his bed or on his couch or in his office bathroom, gasping, shouting. Maybe he's even got his fingers inside himself, thrusting them in over and over again while he comes, thinking about Phil's cock. Oh, fuck. I came so hard I think I broke something. Did you? Not yet. Phil feels a little weird about admitting it, like he's not holding up his in somehow. Good. Because I want you to come all over me. Apparently, it's not a problem. Just paint me with it. I'll let you do on my face if you want. Just hold still and let you jerk off on me. Phil sees that the guy is sending messages, but he drops the phone, far too distracted by the image. He still hasn't seen the guy's face, but 
He already wants to cover it with cum. Shoot across his lips, his tongue, his cheek, every fucking where. Phil wants to run his cock through it and feed it to him. Watch him lick it off. Make sure he gets every drop. Phil moans when he comes, shutting his eyes. He didn't know he could come to this hard just from words, just knowing there was another person who wanted him. He's certainly glad he found out. He finally finds his phone, typing shakily. Jesus Christ. You good? Phil snorts. There's an understatement. Oh, yeah. That was pretty hot. I completely agree. He's not sure where it goes from here, but before he can figure out what to say, there's another message. So, are we still on for tomorrow? Phil frowns. What? You know, we're going to hang out. Phil has a sudden, horrible suspicion that things are about to go terribly wrong. Who is this? Cute. It's Clint. Who else would it be? Phil sits up so fast, his head spins. Barton? Yeah? How do you know my last name? This is Mike, right? Phil doesn't want to respond. This is Phil. Coulson. I gave you my work number, remember? The next message comes in rapid fire. Holy shit. I'm so fucking sorry. Shit. Sorry. Fuck. I had two numbers written down, and I fucking flipped them. There's a pause. Do you just randomly sex anybody who sends you their dick? There's absolutely no good way to explain any of this. It's a long story. I wasn't expecting your dick. Um, okay. I'm really sorry. And this will never happen again. Phil is supposed to apologize here. They're supposed to ignore each other indefinitely and act like this never happened. He types what he's thinking instead. He's figured he's fucked anyway. That wasn't so bad, was it? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Seemed like it was worth repeating to me. Clint doesn't respond immediately, and Phil is maybe freaking out now. Unless I'm not your type. I am completely okay with repeating it again. That would be great. Phil sighs in relief. He's more okay with relief sighing now. He deserves it. You... Want to get a drink sometime? I don't drink. But we can have dinner. And fuck. That sounds like a great plan. Phil wonders how far his luck will actually hold. No reason to stop pushing it now, right? Are you free tomorrow? Looks like I am. Phil feels a little bit of an idiot the way he's grinning. That's not a good enough reason to stop. I'll text you in the morning. You better. It's not very fair I didn't get any pics. Phil rolls his eyes. You can see it in person soon enough. 
That's what I like to hear. Good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Good night, sir. He has this feeling Clint is going to be a handful. He is so okay with getting a couple handfuls of Clint, and he has a very clear idea of when he's going to start. Phil lays back down, locking his phone and letting it fall onto his chest. He considers another beer, food, or both. This week sucks, and he still really needs some R&R. Lucky for him, tonight has already been awesome. In italics, awesome. The end. I thought that was going to be more superhero-y. I really did. I thought when I saw the names at the beginning, there was going to be way more superhero. But I just need to make clear, I don't think the superhero has anything to do with that. And also, like, I'm not super into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mythos, but I don't think they're on Craigslist. I don't think that they do Craigslist in the old Avengers thing. What are the odds that somebody's named Phil Coulson, but it's not a reference to the MCU? I'm sorry. Called bullshit. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. No. I don't know why it took place there. Because they kept... They kept talking about... People are, people are complaining that maybe it's not uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference, that what we just listened to. It absolutely was. And the thing that's driving me nuts about is three times, I think, three times they're like, and it could be at an office. Right? Three different times it's like, and it could, and he could be at an office. You could set it in the office. You could set it at S.H.I.E.L.D. Here's the thing about here's the thing about being a writer. You get to choose where that shit happens. Like if you're ever writing and like a character's all like, "Oh, you should see this place instead. The city's a No. No, in real life we do that because we can't. But in writing, like just go there. Don't be all like, "Oh god, it would be so hot if he was in his office." It's like, "Oh, he sends another pick and he's jerking off." In a bathroom office. Wait a minute. Do I know that bathroom? I don't care. Like, I know I shouldn't be critiquing this. But it's just, it drives me nuts when a writer's all like, Oh, man, there's this other cool thing. I wish we could talk about that. Uh, it, you, you're the person in charge of... So I just want to ask real quick before we move on. Did Hawkeye intend to send him a dick pic? Or was he just trying to back out of it at the end? Because we know from 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 a fanfic about two years ago that Hawkeye really wants to fuck Steve. So I'm wondering... Like, legitimately, if we connect those two fanfics, did he finally get up the nerve to send a dick pic to Captain America and then accidentally send it to his boss and then get it on with his fucking boss? I would write really good gay comic books, you guys. That's what I'm finding out. 
I would have a lot of reasons for Magneto and Professor X to 69. A lot of story-based reasons. A lot of story-based reasons. Because that's basically what they do anyway. They're basically sucking each other off all the time in the comic books anyway. But just, you know, about ideology of mutants. But I would make it happen physically. I would have Dick Suckerus. They have to fight Dick Suckerus in the Wild Zone. What's the... Is that what it's called? That's the stupidest fucking thing that exists. What's it called? The Wild Area? The Wild Zone? What's it called? Somebody here knows what I'm talking... Where Professor X can walk around. What's it called? (laughs) There's a place in the comic books in the X-Men universe... No, not the Phantom Zone. That's... That's... No. That's... TC. <laughs> I'm talking Marvel. We're talking the X-Men. There's a place, and I'm pretty sure it's on Earth, and there's dinosaurs and shit, but that's fine because it's a comic book. But what pisses me off about it is that mutants both don't have their powers there, and Charles can walk. And I, to this day, I'm still so mad at that. I'm like, okay, I get that the powers don't work, but why can Xavier suddenly walk? And they don't ever explain the second part. The first part, they explain. The first part, they're like, yeah, this is where mutant powers come from, because mutant powers actually come from outer space, and there's like a suppression. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, there's a giant suppression orb, so mutant genes don't activate around it, so you can't. Okay, cool. Why are there dinosaurs, and why can he walk around? Savage Land! Savage Land! Thank you. Not I said Wild Land. Savage Land is close enough. All right. So we definitely should have gotten there. Savage Land. And what do you mean? Savage Land definitely had dinosaurs. What do you mean Savage Land with dinosaurs? Don't tell me I added dinosaurs to Savage Land. Please tell me that didn't happen. Because, uh-oh. If I just mentally, like, added... Di- Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's happened before. I've just added dinosaurs to some shit and be like, oh man, I love that cartoon. The pirates? Yeah, they're great. The monkey birds? Uh Uh-huh. And the dinosaurs? Uh, yeah. Pirates fought the dinosaurs, right? What? No, that was just me getting all fucking coked up on Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles and chocolate milk because nobody was watching me. And then I would see the dinosaurs 15 minutes in. Once the sugar had fully taken over my liver. You don't know this. You don't know this, but if you're a kid and you get just the right amount of sugar, if you snort a pixie stick up your left nostril, right, and you do a whip it up your right, and then you eat cocoa pebbles with chocolate milk, for just a couple of minutes, for just a couple of minutes, you actually have adult levels of creativity. Right? You're stuck in the body and everything, but for just a couple of minutes, you've got that capacity. And you're like, oh shit. Apparently what I did is I used it to insert dinosaurs into other memories. So occasionally, I'll be sitting there and I'll have to remember, wait a minute, there's no dinosaurs in that. That's a Thanksgiving dinner. There's absolutely no chance that there's a stegosaurus at the kids' table. I know I'm remembering it, but it didn't happen. All right, guys, here we go. It's the last sexy part. 
It's just a little bit of a closer outer. And I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> when the dreams first started, I could pretend it wasn't you. The hair I had my fingers fisted in wasn't yours. It was just any girl. I could ignore those flushed cheeks and parted red lips. The bared neck I was biting could belong to any other. When had I ever been close enough to smell your perfume or notice the freckles on your shoulders? And if I whispered, good girl, in this mystery lover's ear, and they cried out, I could easily deny those little noises were yours. Sounds collected together by my subconscious from our mundane day-to-day interactions and parroted back obscenely. A low moan one late night at the office when you stretched your arms over your head and rolled your long neck side to side. A little growl of frustration directed at something on your computer screen. Your laughter in the break room at lunch. They became filthy echoes in my mind, muffled by sheets and pillows at hands. But those eyes, I couldn't deny that those were your eyes. It hit me one day, a perfectly innocent meeting, and you looked over at me, and I just knew. Now, I have to admit to myself that these fever dreams were about you, that they always had been and always would be. And these dreams were different. I was different in them. I had never thought that I was the kind of man who wanted to dominate and possess a woman. I had never really had the urge to just press someone up against the wall and have my way with them. Never wanted to grab a handful of hair and fuck my cock into their mouth. Thoughts of you begging, begging, and pushing you to your limits. Now it was all I could think about during work, when I touched myself at night, and you, you never gave any indication that this was something you would like or want. I hardly know you, always so quiet and shy. Yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> I never thought that would be a kink of mine. You know, it's dangerous for a man in my position to get hard whenever someone calls him sir. In my dreams, you know what it does to me. You know, like watching me struggle to hide my erections in front of the team, because you know I'll punish you later for it. Maybe I'll spank you over my desk while everyone's out to lunch, or I'll demand your panties and make you spend the afternoon bare underneath your skirt, wet 
and squirming at your desk. I would make you wait days before I let you come. Then it would only be after I've teased you for hours and only on my cock. God, I want to ruin you. All right, guys. I think that's the show. <laughs> I had a good time. Did you have a good time? I had a good time. Did you have a good time? Once more with the tip jar, ladies and gentlemen, if you have money in your heart or a song in your spirit, give it to me. You don't need it. I hope everyone had a very good time tonight. I really, really did. I enjoyed it. Jumping back and forth from the Discord to the uh, to the Twitch, looking at you guys, what you were saying, I really appreciate it. Lots of great requests tonight. I had fun with them all. That's it. That's the show. That's what we do. Uh, I did, I think, every single request tonight that I got in. So there we go. I'm so glad you guys think I sound lovely. I've been up since 5 a.m. So, you know, kind of a long day. So I had a good time. I do full days now. Because I'm healing up. Sorry that I had orange chicken. And therefore there's a couple of... Because I had orange chicken. If I had teriyaki chicken, I would have done that. Which is what I'm going to have next time, baby. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad people are saying such nice things right now. I appreciate you all. I appreciate you. Thank you, 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 thank you. You, thank you. You, thank you. You, thank you. You, me? No, you. You, thank you. All right. I will give you one more purr on the way out. I'm going to try and go just a little bit longer. Kind of capped out last time. So this is with no holding back. Here we go. Damn it. I'm telling you. I can do better than that. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, we're closing out. Okay. All right. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you all.